Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We are here with our Mexico Grand Prix preview. This is always such a fun race. And last year, we just had the most insane weekend attending in person. Sadly, this year, we will not be in Mexico City. But next best thing, we will be hosting our very own watch party in person in New York for those of you here. So we'll be posting about that leading up to it. And then after we do a brief Mexico Grand Prix preview, we are diving into our conversation with Matteo Lunelli. He is president and CEO of Ferrari Trento, which is the sparkling wine you see sprayed on the podium at every race. They're called the official toast of F1. So we had such a fun time talking with him at Austin in person. So the video is also on YouTube for you to see that. It was a very beautiful setup. (laughs) And we just learned so much, especially about sustainable winemaking practices. So this is our uh, October for the world episode. With that, I'm Tiggy. I'm Chessa. And I'm Sarah. Okay, we are going to be in Mexico City or the race will be in Mexico City. This is the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. It is 71 laps, 4.3 kilometers with two nice DRS zones. And there's a few iconic areas throughout the circuit. One is the final corner. It's called Peraltada. It's at turn 17 and it used to be back in the day, very scary, very fast and very, very banked, which means the drivers could go even faster over it. Um, that was obviously a safety concern, so it has since been adjusted to be slightly less banked and a few other updates to make it a little bit more safer. But nonetheless, it's still an iconic, iconic turn for this track. And this is a high altitude race, so teams will need to make adjustments for that. It actually impacts the engines, which is very interesting. And there's the iconic Foro del Sol section, which is a series of slower winding turns through grandstands. It's amazing. It's where Tiggy and Chessa sat Last year, it's also where Taylor Swift did her concert this year. Fun fact. Four of them, in fact. Wow, (laughs) of course. Yes. Um, Yeah, sitting in Foro del Sol last year was just so incredible. It was so fun. For a little bit of history and background, so this track has a long history. It was actually designed by a student in 1953 for his thesis project. I did not do anything that cool for my thesis. I did write a thesis, but it was not a. It was not designing a track. Okay, it was. Tell tell everyone what your thesis was about. <laughs> my thesis was on autonomous vehicle uh, ride sharing and optimization in the U.S. and China. So it actually is transportation related. Hell yeah, <laughs> transportation and sustainability related. So it's actually exactly. very related to this podcast. It is actually. <laughs> But this track, it was built in 1959. It held its first Grand Prix in 1963. And it's actually named after Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez, who were two brothers that sadly died in racing car accidents. But the track is still named after them, which is great. Um, Okay, let's talk about last year's race since Tiggy and I were there. It was... It was a, it was kind of an anticlimactic race um, in terms of like the wheel to wheel action that we were hoping to get sitting in the most epic seats ever. But in the end, Max did break the then record for most race wins in a single season. Red Bull had won nine races in a row at that point. We did not see a Checo win, which definitely left a lot to be desired. But we had Max P one, Lewis P two, and Checo in P three. And then I think for this race, the real winner, I think, was, and we had this a lot in our MVPs at the time, was Danny Ricardo, who went from a P13 start to a P7 finish with a 10-second, even with a 10-second time penalty. 
Going through a couple teams here. So for Red Bull, it is obviously Checo's home race. He has massive amounts of support here. It's so great to see him be such a big hometown hero. He definitely needs the support and the good atmosphere right now. We've talked a lot about his decline in form, and he got some solid points this weekend. But again, it was not kind of the type of podium finish the team is expecting in a Red Bull. One thing I'll be watching for, which I expect to be even kind of exacerbated is Max got booed a lot on the podium in Austin, which was not, everyone was chanting Checo, Checo, and Max was on the podium, which was one thing. But then as Max like hoisting his trophy, everyone was booing, which I just think, and, and, and Max and Lewis have both said this even about each other's fans, which is nice. Like it's just not okay to be booing drivers, even when you support, you can express your support for someone else in way more positive ways. So I don't know. I hope it just doesn't turn into kind of a negative atmosphere instead of just being super positive that everyone loves Checo. Apparently. So I'm sure there were lots of people booing Max, but apparently it was also the governor of Texas that they were booing because he is not very well liked because he was the one giving trophies. Yeah. But we didn't take remember how much booing they were doing last year too. So I think. Totally. Totally. It's going to be rough. Um, for Ferrari, I think Charles is just going to be hoping for a better strategy given that he is in his mind and in Ferrari's mind, the number one driver. So he's going to be expecting to make a better comeback and hopefully a legal car this time. <laughs> <laughs> for Mercedes, Austin was their last big upgrade of the season. And I guess it was almost too good, too close to the ground. (laughs) Um, But Lewis is going to be hungry for a win after this weekend, and not just a win, but just points in general. He's still chasing P2 against Checo. He would have closed the gap much more last race in Austin had he not been disqualified, but I think he'll come back. We're ready to fight. For McLaren, Piastri is hoping to bounce back after just a really unlucky weekend ending in a DNF. And meanwhile, kind of it was interesting that the way the tables turned because the story was all Piastri and then it switched back to Lando's almost win this weekend. Lando was really kind of throwing down the gauntlet, reminding everyone how fast he is, how he can bring the fight to Max. So definitely looking for some excitement from McLaren in Mexico. Yeah, definitely for them. I think for AlphaTauri, Danny only has up to go from here. And like I said, he was my MVP and I think he'll be in good professional form. I think for Aston Martin, I guess, Sarah, are you going to have like a hot take that Stroll's going to win? Not sure. Let's see, (laughs) since you seem to give him some love this week. But I think Alonso is going to be really hungry since he DNF this race kind of like at at the end. So he'll be holding the team really accountable to make sure that the car is running as it needs to be and it's going to be extra hard for the team to write like what you said about the um the elevation we'll see if stroll can also continue his form on danny i feel like he really you know he only has a handful of more races before end of the season i mean he's signed sealed and delivered for the alpha Tauri seat but depending on checo's future if people still think he's announcing his retirement we have not talked about that yet <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out. Danny should want to perform better than Austin. So for Haas, they brought upgrades to Austin and they didn't really pay off in the race. K-Mag had his moments earlier in the weekend. So the team is optimistic heading into Mexico, hoping to optimize on the upgrades. Okay. And finally for Williams, we just had to throw in 
Logan here. Let's just keep the loins train rolling. And with that, <laughs> let's do our hot takes and predictions. I think for me, I feel like I need to say a check a win, but I'll just hold out hopes and hope that he gets a podium, which even that is pretty hot. And then let's go with Lando win this week. Okay, so Lando win and Checo podium. That's what. Yes, exactly. That's the hot take. Okay. At the same time, wow. Okay, I feel like that's well, yes. pretty hot of both occurring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I am gonna go with a non Red Bull win, which I think is hot enough. So I'm not gonna specify who it is, but just a non Red Bull win. I feel like there's a couple couple cars in the hunt right now. Maybe not with a fully functioning Red Bull, but we'll see. I'm going to go for a Lewis win. So we all have a non-Red Bull win as our hot take, wow. which is extremely spicy, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. And with that, we are heading on over to our interview with Mateo. So enjoy. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Women's health is so important, and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. All right, welcome to For the Girls. We are in Austin at the United States Grand Prix, and we are so lucky to be joined here with Matteo Lunelli, the president and CEO of Ferrari Trento, which is Italy's leading luxury sparkling wine producer and the official toast of F1. Good morning. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. We're so happy to have you here. So first, let's let's start with Formula One. How did Ferrari Trento become the official toast of F1? How did that come to be? First of all, I would like to say that everything started from a dream. Really, it was a dream to become the official toast of Formula One since very long time. And then we started a conversation with Formula One in 2019. I remember there was a dinner with the Formula One team in, uh, uh, when they came to Italy for the Monza Grand Prix. And then uh, actually the pandemic came. And I think that uh, at that time, uh, you know, what made the difference was that uh, we continued our conversation and we stayed uh, completely convinced that this was uh, the appropriate long-term project because uh, in the middle of the pandemic that was not obvious at all uh, the the grand prix were empty uh, without anybody attending so um, each one of us was uh, asked was uh, not sure if we would have gone back to normal and to uh, having uh, 
big events with a lot of people attending. But uh, at that time, I think we, we believed that sooner or later we would have gone back to getting together again. And uh, we thought that this was uh, an incredibly amazing opportunity for our brand in the long term. So we embarked in this ambitious project uh, in, in the middle of the pandemic. And that was, uh, I think, uh, an incredibly uh, good decision that proved to be very successful. Uh, and so we started uh, in 2021 this, uh, this partnership. Um, f which at the beginning was a three-year partnership. Mm. And then we already prolonged it for five years because we are very happy about it and uh, Formula One as well. So we thought it was uh, appropriate to make it to at least uh, up to 2025. Okay. And so we are the official toast of Formula One. All the champions celebrate with our Jeroboam on the podium. And um, we are also serving our Ferrari Trento in the best hospitality in all the Grand Prix around the world. Yes, we've seen the bottles all around the world. So what is your favorite part about seeing Ferrari Trento up on the podiums? It is always an emotion. Uh, you know, I still remember the first time it happened. It was in Imola. Uh, in Imola is the Italian mm -hmm. uh, Formula One Grand Prix uh, together with Monza. And actually, it's interesting because uh, the Imola Grand Prix is dedicated to Made in Italy. So for us, uh, representing Italy on the, on the podium, bringing, uh, you know, for the first time, an Italian sparkling wine, an Italian brand in the celebration of Formula One, which is the most iconic celebration yeah. in the world of sport. Yeah. I mean, we were so proud. Yeah. So I still remember looking at it and thinking that this was uh, a, a great result. Uh, and it was uh, great for each one of us, for all the men and women that have that works now and have worked for Ferrari Trento in over a century of history. It was, um, it was something that uh, everybody in Trentino and in our territory was proud of. I received a lot of phone calls from our colleagues also in the wine world because it was also for Italian wine a strong recognition. So first of all, I'm, I, so I'm always very proud of it and, uh, uh, and it's uh, great to have uh, something in that, on that stage the wine, which is an expression of a territory and the result of the passion and work of so many uh, talented people. So uh, that's, uh, that's the first feeling I have. And then, uh, and then it's always, um, you know, I also have a personal passion for Puma One and that makes it even more special. Amazing. And so we know you have many different types of sparkling wine. We've got a couple in front of us. What type of sparkling wine is actually in the bottles? It is uh, the most, uh, I would say, classic Ferrari Trento because uh, our style is uh, very much linked to Chardonnay. So it's a Blanc de Blanc, 100% Chardonnay from the mountains of Trentino. Uh, I always like to emphasize the terms mountain because uh, this is what distinguishes our territory and uh, what distinguishes Ferrari Trento. We are a mountain sparkling wine. It is a traditional method as all the Ferraris because all Ferrari are Trento Doc. The denomination is Trento. So we cultivate on the, our grapes on the slope of the mountains in Trentino and all of our Ferrari makes the fir second fermentation in the bottle. So the sparkling and the perlage comes from a second fermentation that happens in the bottle. And after this fermentation, the wine age on the lees. Uh, the wine that we put in this uh, Ferrari Geroba, which is the one we use uh, for the podium of Formula One, ages uh, for almost five years wow. in the darkness and silence of our cellar. So it is a very special wine. 
somebody would say actually it's a pity that sometimes <laughs> yeah, gets sprayed, <laughs> uh, but you know they they also drink part of it, and uh, and I have to say that uh, for us it's also important to have an amazing uh, uh, wine inside because uh, um, actually it is possible also to buy the same bottle that I is used on the bottle. I have been drinking it for years. We have, <laughs> we have had it, <laughs> and even in the large format, for example, you know in Austin here. If somebody wants to buy our, our wine, they can go to HEB, for example, which is a very common store yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, they decided to, to have a great uh, um, presentation of Ferrari Trento. You can go all over the United States on wine.com and order it. And uh, we have seen an incredible demand also for the large bottles, the same one used on, well, the, on the podium. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> it's great for a party. So That's where it I makes first it very in. special. <laughs> it's also a beautiful decoration. Once you're done, you keep the bottle. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so we have to ask, are you a fan of Scuderia Ferrari? <laughs> uh, yes, I have to say yes. Uh, for, uh, you know, on once, first of all, I have to say we are the official toast of Formula One and it's always great to see the champion celebrating. It's great to see, you know, I have an incredible respect for Max Verstappen and for Red Bull. And, um, and, you know, we are proud that he have toasted and celebrated so many times, uh, as, as well as, for example, before Lewis Hamilton with Mercedes. Mm. Uh, I have an incredible respect for him, for Toto Wolff, for all the team, George Russell. So in uh, the best wins, and we are happy that he celebrates with Ferrari. Then obviously I'm Italian. I grew up being a Ferrari, Scuderia <laughs> Ferrari uh, fan. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, so that's obviously if, when and if it happens that there is a, what I call a Ferrari squared on the podium, <laughs> then, you know, then I'm, I'm happy, obviously. It's, uh, it's good. And uh, Charles and Carlos are friends. Uh, you know, many of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, many, many of the team of uh, mm -hmm. Scuderia Ferrari are friends that I, that I see around. We, s we meet on the planes coming from Italy to the GP, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's obvious. But, uh, uh, but as I said, it's, uh, Formula One is really a family. The more you, you, we, we are staying with them and the more you get to know people. And, uh, and I would say it's, a, it's overall a family with all the Scuderia. So yeah. it's, uh, I'm a fan, but, uh, but I have to say that uh, each one uh, of the drivers, each one of the team uh, makes it special. You know, I'm great. It's great to see Lando Norris celebrating with Ferrari because uh, nobody celebrates like him yeah. with our bottle. <laughs> Breaking trophies and yeah. such. <laughs> no, I mean, that was actually unfortunate. But, and I'm actually, sometimes I'm even scared that when he crashed the bottle on the floor, <laughs> that it explodes because I told him, Lando is not made to do that. So pay attention. He said, no, no, don't worry. I said, I worried a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly fun. Uh, so it's the best, uh, <laughs> you know, the best one in celebrating on the podium, I have to say. Though it's awarded to Lando Norris okay. and to McLaren. <laughs> it's, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I, for exa I, I, I love Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah. He came to visit our winery, uh, That's you know, so great. two weeks ago. He's a connoisseur of food and wine. <laughs> he loves food and wine, yeah. uh, and he lives in Faenza. He yeah. lives in Italy, so Alfa Tauri is uh, in Faenza, mm -hmm. so it's, uh, he's, he's based in Italy. And uh, I have a passion for Japan uh, and for Japanese food. He's, uh, he, he, he loves Italy where he lives, uh, so we, sometimes we talk about it. He, he always asked me about the wine, and I always invited him to come and visit us. So he took the chance uh, uh, two weeks ago, and he, he came to visit us, that, uh, so that was uh, special. And, uh, you know, I obviously would love to see him on the podium yeah. uh, once and uh, celebrating with our Ferrari Trento. So it'll happen. It'll um, happen. For sure. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. look. For, we look forward. 
So we talked a little bit about before, uh, before we started recording some of your favorite races, but tell us a favorite race or a favorite experience with Ferrari Trento on the podium. The favorite races, uh, you know, first of all, it's uh, uh, probably Italy because of the, of, the, of the atmosphere that is also very special for us, be at home. Um, I remember there is a, a very nice picture of the last podium in Monza where we see the drivers with the bottles and all the people on the straight line. It's yeah, the full Italian and fans packed. Are the best fans. Uh, it's full <laughs> and packed of. Uh, but, but each race has its own character. I, I told you I love Japan. And if you go to Suzuka, you see that uh, the race weekend is a great representation of their culture, the, the way they stay together. So it's, that's also nice. You know, if you go to Monza, you expect uh, the Italian crowd and, uh, and the energy, the passion of the Italian crowd. If you go to Suzuka, it's. Uh, the orderly um, elegance of and uh, and uh, and uh, of the of the Japanese mm-hmm. fans, uh, which uh, in the fan zone, you know, when you it's impressive because when you when you go away from Suzuka in the evening, even in the fan zone, you could you could eat on the floor <laughs> on the on the on the on the ground. I'm sure that's so, not happening here. And <laughs> it's not going to happen anywhere race. in the world. Not you know in the U.S. or in, but uh, so. It's great that when you go to a GP, you discover a place, the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to Monte Carlo, because of the history and because of the place, that's the magic. It's, uh, it's magic uh, to watch it. Uh, um, I remember that the, f- the first year we were, we were the official toast of Formula One with Ferrari Trento, uh, it was still, uh, um, it was still, we were still in the middle of the right. pandemic. Uh, not in the middle, but it was still uh, very mm-hmm. much closed. So. Um, we decided to have um, some guests on a boat so that we could control more. Uh, everybody was tested and was uh, very well organized. And, uh, and so I watched it from a boat. We had some, uh, some incredible uh, guests as well. Uh, there was um, one of the most uh, f- famous uh, soccer players in, in, uh, in Europe now, Erling Haaland. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Berrettini, who is a yeah. tennis champion. We had Quartararo, the, the motorbike uh, uh, champion. So that was, uh, and we would watch the, the race uh, just from uh, this boat, which was in front of uh, Curva del Tabaccaio. You know, uh, in the Tabagonist, call, it's called the Tabagonist because historically in Monaco, in the, on that uh, turn, there is, uh, <laughs> there is a Tabaccaio. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so from that, uh, I, I still remember also because uh, the, what made it special was that it was uh, a period where there w- nothing was happening. So um, having an event like that, it was even more special. Um, and, uh, and then uh, the, uh, the, the, the following years, it was uh, great to see it, you know, the, the GP becoming again a great party with all the fans coming and uh, all the, uh, the, the parties happening on the boats and in the hotels and in... Uh, so Monte Carlo is special, and j- just the view and uh, arriving perhaps with from from the sea so to cool. the to yeah, the circuit. It's very, it's yeah, very iconic. It's an iconic race. Yeah, when you have to go to the paddock club, you you go with the boat. So from sometimes from the hotel directly to the paddock. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's very special. So each uh, race uh, is special. You know, when you come to Texas and to Austin, uh, you feel uh, the, the 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 atmosphere of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we saw you have your cowboy boots on. You're ready to go. <laughs> yes, uh, I I bought it here the first the first year I came to Austin. 
Uh, our partner in the United States is uh, called Tau Family Selection, is our importer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dave, uh, who is uh, the representative of, uh, of uh, Tau Family Selection in this area, uh, he told me, you know, if you want to be here, you've got to be a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he brought me to buy some beautiful boots. And, uh, and uh, each t each, uh, when I come back to Austin, they are with me. So I'm ready to go with the boots. Okay, so we want to turn to sustainability. So winemaking obviously has a dependence on and a very strong relationship with the earth, with the environment. And you all focus a lot on sustainability from renewable energy, biodiversity projects, all sorts of things. So tell us, we have read your sustainability report, but tell us a little bit about your approach to sustainability at Ferrari Trento. First of all, as you said, wine is an expression of the territory. We work with nature and uh, it is the territory that uh, provides us the style of the wine. So uh, I think we need to feel even more the duty to protect mm -hmm. the territory. And at the heart of our sustainability approach is the idea uh, to protect the environment and our territory and to promote also our, our land and territory. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, in the vineyards, when we cultivate our vineyards, we want to balance the objective of obtaining an excellent grape for creating Ferrari Trento sparkling wines with the objective of preserving the environment and the health of the people working in the vineyard. Yeah. Because that's also very important, actually. It's, it's one of our priority. So uh, we, we started uh, long ago to make uh, uh, to this path towards sustainability uh, in, uh, in vine growing. Um, we started with some experimental biodynamic and organic vineyard. Mm -hmm. And slowly we realized that it was possible to make organic viticulture also mm -hmm. in the mountain environment. I underlined that that's different, for example, than uh, making organic viticulture in Sicily, because mm -hmm. in Sicily, you know, you don't have a lot of rain, the climate mm -hmm. is, more, is much warmer, so usually it's easier to make organic in a, in a, oh, in a warmer uh, climate. But so at the beginning, uh, there were some, uh, somebody was uh, not convinced that it was possible to make organic viticulture in such a large scale on a in, in the middle of the mountain in Trentino. But we made it. We made it first on, on a single vineyard and then slowly more and more in all of our vineyards. And in 2017, we got certified on all our state vineyards. Incredible. And so this, was, uh, uh, this made uh, possible uh, for us to demonstrate to all our vine grower suppliers that, uh, uh, that, uh, I that it was possible to make organic viticulture. So we created a protocol of, organic, of um, sustainable viticulture mm -hmm. that all of our vine grower suppliers follow. Wow. So at the moment, basically Ferrari is made with grapes coming from our state vineyards, which are organic, mm -hmm. and from vine growers, which follow a protocol of sustainable viticulture which bends pesticide, herbicide, we use no chemical treatment. So it is, um, uh, it is a more traditional, in a sense, uh, way of uh, cultivating vineyards. Mm -hmm. uh, but we think that uh, uh, long term, this is also beneficial to the quality of the grape because mm -hmm. the, the vineyard starts to, to, uh, uh, to acquire its own a better equilibrium. And, um, and we are very proud of uh, what, what we have done in that respect. And then on the 120th anniversary of the from the foundation of Ferrari Trento, we achieved uh, carbon neutrality. 
Congratulations. That's another, thank That's you very much. Yeah, that is really no, thank you very much. It is, uh, uh, it is, uh, it was a milestone also to demonstrate our commitment to sustainability mm -hmm. on such an important anniversary. Uh, we are uh, carbon neutral scope one and two. Uh, but um, at the end, in terms of environmental sustainability, I think what we have done, it's a path. So it's, uh, it's uh, um, so long term, we will continue mm -hmm. uh, towards new objectives. Um, then there is um, something which is equally important, which is uh, uh, our attention, as I said before, to the community and to the land of Trentino and to the territory that yeah. hosts us, uh, which, um, which is linked to the idea of a social and uh, economic mm -hmm. sustainability. We are proud to promote Trentino, which I mentioned many times, by the way, <laughs> and here. And uh, we also put the name Trento on the podium of Formula One. So I think this is a way for us to contribute to the growth and to the wealth of, uh, of, uh, of our homeland um, as much as we contribute by giving uh, um, work and, and uh, wealth to all our grape growth suppliers which, uh, which provide the grapes to us. So it is a sustainability approach that uh, has this uh, focus uh, and, um, and uh, it is a these are values that we share with yeah. all the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's so great to, to hear you talk about it so holistically, too. It's not just like you're checking one box, but you're really thinking about the entire operation. And, of course, it's not affecting the quality. It is a wonderful wine. We've had it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. And it's uh, the, the, something I didn't mention, which is as important, is also the attention to talent and, and, yeah. and people. Um, so I think uh, what we need to do is working in harmony with uh, the environment and uh, with uh, in uh, s uh, being, uh, you know, having a positive contribution to the community that hosts us and promoting the talent of those working with us and protecting and promoting the talent uh, of, of those working with us. Uh, and, um, and that's, uh, that's the, whole, uh, the whole idea of sustainability and... Uh, yeah, when you think about sustainable development goals, it's just as much about people as it is about the environment. Yes. So it's great that you're thinking about that. So thinking a little bit about climate change and shorter growing seasons, water scarcity, those sorts of things, is that affecting your production at all already? Or how are you adapting to that? Um, for sure, we are uh, touching <laughs> The, and we are witnessing the, the global warming. And if you look at the long-term uh, trend of the harvest time, mm -hmm. it's getting earlier and earlier. Yeah. But we have a great advantage in Trentino. Being in a mountain environment, we can partially compensate the global warming by moving higher and higher mm -hmm. our vineyard. So let me explain. We, we, we cannot move a vineyard itself, <laughs> but by planting new vineyard at higher altitude and by acquiring new grape grower suppliers at higher altitude we get grapes that can compensate in the cuvee mm -hmm. uh, basically in trentino if you go 100 meter higher in altitude you get almost one degree less wow. in the average temperature throughout the year so if you look at what is the change in temperature long term we can just compensate it by moving Oh, the average altitude of our vineyard by a reasonable amount. So it is um, a long-term objective that we have. We already started long ago 
to just acquire new vineyards at higher altitude. And looking at the next generation of our family, uh, it is important for us to think that we will leave them with uh, you know, vineyards which on average would be higher. Yeah. Uh, where nowadays in Trentino, you can cultivate vineyards at altitudes that were not possible at the time of Giulio Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So when our founder created Ferrari Trento in 1902, we now go up to even 800 meters. Wow. Oh. Yeah, which uh, in, the, in the Alps uh, uh, was uh, long ago was not uh, an appropriate area to grow the vine. So, with, uh, so yes, we are witnessing global warming, but uh, as I said, being in the mountains, we have this chance because if we would live in a flatland, then there would be no, no way even to compensate because our goal is to maintain the style of our wines. And being, you know, the temperature is very important because uh, uh, okay, you can, if you compensate by harvesting earlier the grapes and uh, long term, you are losing uh, the, um, the aromatic maturation mm -hmm. because uh, the vine needs time to de fully develop the aroma. And what is the characteristic of, uh, of our grapes, of Chardonnay, for example, is that being, mount being located in the mountains, we can harvest this, uh, for example, the Chardonnay, which is... Uh, which has this bright yellow golden color because it's fully mature. It has this, uh, uh, this uh, very nice aromatic profile, but still it has a well-balanced acidity. Yeah. And the acidity in the grape that we harvest is very important because it will deliver in the wine finesse, yes, uh, freshness, crispiness. Finesse, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just want to finish really quick talking about biodiversity. I know you guys have gotten the Biodiversity Friend Award many years since 2015, actually, by the Worldwide um, Biodiversity Association. So what does that mean to you, and how are you thinking about biodiversity? Biodiversity is, um, is very important for the planet. It is something that we need to protect. Uh, unfortunately, at the world level, we are decreasing biodiversity for many reasons. And so um, as part of our attention to the environment, we want to, uh, to monitor biodiversity in all uh, our vineyards. And um, the, the biodiversity certification friends allow us uh, to measure the biodiversity of our vineyard year over year. Nice. And uh, luckily the data we are getting is that first of all, because we have organic viticulture, there is a, and a very strong and important biodiversity in our vineyards. Mm -hmm. If you look uh, at the vineyard, there are insects, there are flowers, there is, uh, there is uh, nature. And, um, and that's coming from, uh, that's the result of the respect that we have for, for, uh, for, uh, for in our, in our uh, style of, uh, of cultivating the vines. And, um, you know, the way we measure biodiversity is even, uh, is, is very simple, actually. The, the, um, those uh, professionals who make the certification, for example, they even dig in the soil mm. and, they, and they count the insects and, and wow. they give you points, scores, in terms of how many, what are the different species they find, wow. and they measure it uh, through different, uh, uh, f throughout the years. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, we are, uh, we are in the mountains. Our vineyards are surrounded by forest, uh, by alpine woodland. And, uh, uh, and so the, I think the level of biodiversity we have is anyway yeah. very, very high already. Yeah. So we just, it's just a question of protecting it and monitoring it. Um, and uh, 
um, and as I said, it is, uh, it is uh, important for the world it, in general. We even put beehives close to, the, to our vineyards because uh, that's uh, very helpful for, uh, for biodiversity and for, uh, in general, uh, for, for the overall uh, equilibrium. You should talk to Sebastian Vettel about that. Yeah, <laughs> th you know, we thought about it. We thought <laughs> we, we will probably do it. Yeah, yeah. We could have a Ferrari Trento honey that came, comes out or something. <laughs> that would be good. Well, you all are a model for sustainable winemaking and lots of other things and thinking about community, thinking about team. So we cannot wait to see Ferrari Trento on the podium today. We're so excited Hopefully and we're hoping Ferrari for a good squared. race. <laughs> Ferrari squared. But Matteo, thank you so much for joining us. This was so wonderful and we learned a lot. So Thanks to you for inviting me. It was a great pleasure. I also look forward to go now to the track and and watch the race. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be exciting uh, mm -hmm. and uh, looking forward to the podium. And um, for those who are listening, I hope they can also watch the race and celebrate like the champions, <laughs> you know, with Ferrari Trento. If not now and for the next GP, yes. you know, just get a bottle of Ferrari Trento <laughs> at home and celebrate with your friends like the champions on the podium. Nothing sounds better. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks to you.